Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Bob Seska. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. You can get a 50% discount when you join the community and you'll get access to all our premium articles and locked archive. You will also be supporting independent, responsible media at a crucial time when our democracy is in peril. Your support is greatly appreciated. Hey everyone and welcome to episode 78 of the Banter Roundtable podcast. I'm here with Justin. Good morning, Justin. Hey, how's it going? Uh, just a quick note to uh, all of our listeners. Uh, a lot of people have emailed and asked, where is Bob? Where is Bob? Where is Bob? Bob is obviously he's still at the banter, but uh, Bob has launched another podcast at the moment with Mary Trump on Star Trek. So he's taking a hiatus from the uh, the podcast. It'll be for a few weeks uh, while he gets this up and running and he'll be back in one form or another. Uh, just to let you know about that. Also, um, I mentioned earlier in the week that I'd be speaking to somebody about about what happened in Russia, uh, the attempted coup or whatever you would call that. Um, I've got an interview lined up for next week. Just wanted to keep you on top, uh, keep you abreast of that, with uh, someone who has been um, a reporter, actually reported for the Sunday Times, and uh, he's a Ukrainian, a British Ukrainian who has spent much, a lot of time in Ukraine and um, reporting on the stuff. He was there during the war as well, during the invasion. So we'll be hopefully speaking to him next week. His name's Ash- Askold Krushelensky, uh, so please look forward to that. Well, anyway, without further ado, we have a big show for you today. Justin, lots been going on. It's basically, in the pre-show sh- meeting, it was it was Supreme Court, Supreme Court, Supreme Court, right? We've got... Yep, pretty much. <laughs> a whole been... lot of court stuff just popped <laughs> Okay, so where? Okay, Justin, what do we have? What do we have this week? What has the Supreme Court done this week? All right, it's it's been a pretty mixed bag, actually. Um, it's some some really really good stuff and some really really not good stuff. Uh, wh- where do we want to start? Do we want to start with the really crappy stuff, or do we want to start with the good stuff? Do we, how, how do we want to do this? Um, so let's list let's list them. Let's list the decisions that we've had uh, we've had this week. Okay, um, so we had um, the more more v Harper. Um, that was, as far as I'm concerned, the biggest one of the week. I, I know the other ones affect people a little bit more directly. Um, this one's a little bit more abstract, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, it is not getting the it is not getting the appreciation that it requires. But we'll, we'll circle back. So that was there was that one. Scotus rejected. Um, the Louisiana gerrymandering case. Um, there was they struck down affirmative action in colleges, and I think it was only like in elite colleges. I think it was a fairly narrow ruling. Um, I don't know if it applies to all colleges. I'm a little fuzzy on that one. I haven't had a chance to really dig into it. Um, they killed Biden's student loan forgiveness program. That just happened as of, as we're recording this on Friday morning. Um, that happened around 1030. Um, and they also sided with um, a religious, for religious purposes, a website who refused to make a uh, website 
I'm sorry, they, they make websites for other people. They refuse to make a wedding website for a gay couple, for a gay wedding. Um, and that also just got handed down this morning, uh, Friday. Again, we're recording this uh, a little after 11. So that happened like... Just quickly, the, the Supreme Court, but it does, it, it applies to all educational institutes. They can't... Oh, okay. Perfection is done. Uh, well, so, in, in the narrow sense, in, in the narrow sense that it has been defined by the Supreme Court. Right. So we're going to dig into that. Um, um, there was some other stuff, but those are like the biggies right now. Um, that just happened in the last couple of days. We're going to stick to the big. We're going to stick to the big stories. We've also got the Trump tapes as well. We, we're going to be talking about that a bit later. Yeah, which um, somehow ended up not being the biggest story of the week. Which is crazy. Because which is insane. You have Trump on tape confessing to crime, to a crime, committing a crime on tape. Anyway, we're going to play the tape. We're going to talk about it. That was that was not more wild news. Uh, we have our both sides segment, and then we are going to, in our emergency meeting podcast, we're going to be talking about July, well, it's July, coming up to July 4th, Independence Day. Obviously, I'm very upset about July 4th because uh, I still regard America as a British colony. <laughs> and, uh, no, <laughs> uh, what, being a patriot, what does it mean to be an American or proud to be an American or, or um, living here? And in the time of fascism, right? We're going to be talking about that in the emergency meeting podcast. We both have obviously very different backgrounds. Uh, you grew up here. I grew up in the UK. Um, I've been here for quite some time. Uh, but what does it mean to be an American when the government is, well, at least half of the country, at least half of the political system is uh, a raging fascist, mad, insane I don't even know what you would call them. Um, I'm sure. Fascist so, pretty much sums it up there. Fascist sums it up, yeah. So we'll talk about that in the emergency meeting podcast. But let's uh, let's get going. We should let's talk of first about the Moore versus Harper. Okay. Um, so this yeah. is a bit. This is this was this was big. It was. Right? It was huge. Yeah, this was huge. This was huge because the ruling actually. This was a good ruling. Yes. Surprisingly yeah. good Surprisingly ruling. Ruling. And it, it, what essentially what it will do, this is about the independent state legislature the theory. Right. So the independent state uh, legislature theory was this legal theory, the right made up out of thin air. I mean, it just completely invented it. And what it said is, is that state legislatures were not beholden to anything. They, they, didn't, they could ignore federal law. They could ignore their state constitutions, and they could ignore state courts, including state supreme courts, okay, when it came to electoral law, which means they could set the, the state legislature, including they could ignore governor vetoes. So if the state legislature passed a law saying black people can't vote, no one could say no to them. That's what this theory was supposed to be. Right. They didn't actually say they were going to do that, but in, in no pun intended, but in theory, they would be able to do that because that's what this theory gave them the power to do. They could apps they could had absolute power to pass any law they wanted when it came to how they ran the state's elections. Absolute total complete power, including gerrymandering. Right. I mean, just 100 percent power. And 
this would have allowed them to completely rig elections in unthinkable ways. And, you know, even after the election, it's just like, oh, we didn't like how this this election went. We found that there were some irregularities. We don't really have to explain that to you, but we're going to throw out these results and we're just going to declare a winner and it's going to be Donald Trump. Sorry, that's how this goes now. And the Supreme Court, some of the justices were like, hmm, that's a pretty good, good idea. But enough of them said, yeah, we're not doing that. I think it was like a seven to two. It wasn't even a six three. I think, I'm pretty sure it was a seven to two. I think it was just Thomas and um, Alito were, yeah. were in on it. And the rest were just like, this isn't happening. And they shot it down. And they shot it down almost completely. I think there was like a little tiny bit of, eh, maybe sometime down the road we could look at this. But for the most part, they just shut it down. And they just said, no. Hmm. So this was a really key component to what Republicans were planning to do for 2024. Like this, I mean, they were very open about it. They were not like ambiguous about what they were planning to do next year and how they were planning to rat fuck the election. It's like, if we lose, we're just going to flip the results because we're going to give ourselves the power to do that. Ha 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 ha. And the Supreme court's going to help us. And the Supreme court said, yeah, no, you're on your own there, buddy. And so, as it, this is exactly as as it should be. And this is this is exactly. It was like a it was like an actual legitimate ruling. It was like, ooh, wow, people were really scared about this, but no one was talking about it. It's like nerds were talking about it, and the general public was kind of like, uh. So yeah, and I, it it, do, it does seem to me. I know we've got cases. Obviously, the next few cases are, <laughs> or some of the other cases we're going to talk about today are are. Not Less abstract. Or, or they're not examples. They're not examples of the system working as it should. Nope. Um, but you know, it does show that the court. I think there's a weight of office, right? When you get when you get into office, when you get to the Supreme Court, no matter how conservative you are or how liberal you are, it's pretty serious, right? And the weight of office sort of helps you to at least take it seriously, right? And w- which is what I think. You know what I think. A lot of people thought. A lot of Republicans seem to think Trump would, when he got into office, he would, the weight of office would uh, make him behave seriously and make him behave properly. That obviously didn't happen, uh, but it does show that at least the justices in the Supreme Court are, to a certain degree, take this take their role seriously. Well, I also think they got spooked, like yeah. after after what happened no, yeah. when no, they yeah. struck down Roe, there was such a pushback. That I think they got spooked, and and especially with all of the ethics scandals that have been, I was going to say leaking out. It's certainly not a leak. It's more like a deluge. But it's been just one after the other, after the other, after the other. I think that if they kept ruling the way they've been ruling, which has been completely ignoring precedent and just exercising raw power, which some of the next ones are just definitely an exercise in raw power that they were risking something being done about them. And they didn't want to risk that because if Congress, if the Democrats in Congress decide, yeah, it's time to do something about you guys, Supreme court can't stop them. They, they don't have that power. They can't say, well, that's unconstitutional. It's like, no, it actually is quite constitutional. You don't have the authority to tell Congress. No, would they decide to expand the court? 
or set term limits on you. That's not how that works. Just because you want to guard your power doesn't mean you have unlimited power. They're already touching on that line to begin with, and they're risking basically stripping themselves of the power they've been working for so long to get. So right. they've been abusing it, and now I think they're spooked. So now they're trying to walk a fine line. How much can we get away with? Right. So this is, takes us to the second one, the, the rejection of the Louisiana gerrymandering case. So this is a follow-up to their ruling in Alabama. And um, now Louisiana has to redraw its maps right before 2024. Right. So... And- that's bad. That's bad for Republicans too. Very bad. Right. This Democrats are certainly going to pick up seats. The playing field is a lot more even, uh, which means they often lose. I mean, <laughs> they'll still be able to gerrymander. They just can't gerrymander as extreme as they've been doing. Right, and that's. So. But it's still it's still big enough. I mean, the, uh, you know, if you look at the way that Republican politics works, right. Their a lot of their strategy is they're losing, you know, they're losing. I think was it the demographic ticking time bomb, right? Over time, uh, the country becomes more mixed, uh, less white. So obviously, they have to. A lot of their strategies are based on essentially cheating or rigging the system so that power accrues and power remains in the hands of you know mostly white men, rich white men. <laughs> Um, and that one of the tactics they use is racial gerrymandering, and and once that goes, that's another tool in their arsenal that is is has been um, dismantled or been taken away from them. So it means uh, you know they have to rely on 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 other other methods to to win elections. Um, you know, having heaven forbid they actually come up with policies that people want. Yeah, God um, forbid, God forbid they actually you know compete as opposed to just steal. Right, exactly. So, but this seems like a good. This seems like a good thing. And uh, again, it's a, the Supreme Court behaving as it should do. Yeah, just to be clear, the Republicans have 222 seats in the House. They need 218 for the majority. Alabama's they're gonna. Um, sorry, Louisiana they lost. They're gonna lose one. Alabama they're gonna lose at least another one or two. Yeah, and that's three of the yep. four seats right there. So. They're in a really bad position for uh, next year to hold on to the house. Right. So, okay, good news. And then, so now we let's move on to uh, let's the bad news. So today, as of recording this, uh, student loan forgiveness that's been ruled unconstitutional. Yeah. Now that's not every program. This is the one where Biden um, forgave uh, what was it up to twenty thousand dollars. Mm. Um, and it, it was, it, I mean, it got really complicated. Like Debbie had, uh, Debbie being my wife, Debbie had $40,000 in student loans forgiven, but she was a public servant, right? And she had to work, not had to, but she was, she worked in the government for over 10 years. She, you know, her school loans were specifically taken out to further her education in relation to her job. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So there were like a bunch of different conditions involved with that loan forgiveness. Um, mm. So this doesn't affect that uh, at all. Like this was, I mean, the only reason it wasn't forgiven several years ago is because Betsy fucking DeVos, uh, Trump's secretary education uh, education secretary, went out of her way to make sure those programs didn't work because they were started under Obama. Ten years later, they would have. 
they matured under Trump and she stalled them. Like mm. she gummed them up and she tried to cancel as many as she could, which is the only reason Debbie wasn't the, like these loans weren't finished years ago. And mm. we had to wait until she was gone. And then Biden said, get these things working again. Chop, chop. You know, mm. he put a little extra juice into them. And then Debbie got those forgiven. Hooray. And then he did a whole bunch of other versions of it that weren't necessarily related to public service. And that's what the um, Supreme Court struck down. Right. So, I mean, it was a 6-3 decision on, on ideological lines, as usual. Shocking. It's shocking. Um, so Biden's plan was to cancel more, more than $400 billion in student loan debt. And that would have affected millions and millions of borrowers. Uh, and according to the New York Times, it been one of the most expensive executive actions in, U- in U.S. history and would have made a huge difference in lots of people's lives. Right. I mean, it's, it, this is a bit of a this is a bit of a blow. This is a really bad blow. And this is why they did it, because, you know, the Republicans hate the idea of average people not having to pay back money, mm. especially if it came from the government. It's like, why should they get a handout? Blah, blah, blah. But they love when rich people get tax breaks and free handouts. Yeah, of course, of, of course. course. Money to the rich, but not money. You know, tax breaks and money to the rich, but not for everyone else. Yeah, and and which leads us then, obviously, to um, affirmative action, and that's a big one. This is a this is a huge one this week. This dropped. This was um, yesterday that this this or Thursday rather that this um, this dropped, and the, the end of affirmative action. I have some thoughts on this. This is a complicated topic, and uh, I want to. You know, there are a couple of points I want to make. That first of all, I don't necessarily agree with affirmative action in the way that it has been done um, in recent times. And I, but, but, however, having said that, I think that the court's decision um, was an example of, again, and this was an exertion of political power uh, to essentially, like, notably, they didn't, uh, they didn't end um, legacy affirmative action, right? Which is another form of affirmative action where the, right. the children of incredibly wealthy donors, who are mostly white, um, get preferential treatment when going to some of these institutions. So that wasn't ended. But uh, affirmative action that helps predominantly um, black and Latino kids get into college uh, or, or get into more prestigious universities, that was ended. So I find that to be glaring and, um, you know, and another example, basically, of how the court, it's an activist court, right? I mean, I do think it's worth talking a bit about affirmative action and that in the way that it is done over time. There are some legitimate reasons why, um, you know, it's not an ideal plan. It's not an ideal way of uh, leveling out the playing field for for a number of reasons. Well, first of all, because it, you know, it does actually punish certain demographics. It punishes, for example, Asian kids. And that was what the whole um, the Supreme Court ruling was based on a lawsuit brought by uh, Asian college students uh, who, who have been un- basically discriminated against when it comes to getting into higher education institutions in the United States. That because of um, you know as a demographic they do uh, incredibly well, that they are they get looked over or they lose their spots in higher institutions um, to other minority groups uh, who have lower you know SAT scores and things like that. So I can understand what like I think I don't think it's an ideal way of doing it right. And there was also like for example 
I mean, like my wife is Latina and she would she would be um she would have been eligible for affirmative action programs in, in America. But she also, you know, came from a middle class family. She went to a private school and, you know, um, had a, uh, well, I asked her about it and she's like, yeah, I don't see why I should be, I should get any, any, any leg up on this. Right. I think that would be unfair, um, which is true as well. You know, there's lots of, um, there's lots of uh, African American people I know who grew up wealthy and didn't need any help, <laughs> you know, bright enough as it was to to get into, you know, whatever college they wanted to go to. So I, it seems to me that I, I find it odd that you would base a program on this purely on race. That that seems weird. And I kind of, I think that, uh, I think Martin Luther King um, wrote about this as well, about how, you know, a fairer way to do like affirmative action would be to, to have uh, to do it based on class, to do it based on socioeconomic background rather than rather than race, uh, and you get the same effect, right? Because you know there are actually a disproportionate amount of African Americans who are, 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 you know live in poverty um, due to a number of factors, right? You know systemic racism being one of them. But by having an affirmative action thing that that benefits poor people rather than specifically one particular race, you're going to help them as well. Um, so I think this is, uh, this is, I read this in the economist. Um, so here we are, uh, an attractive third path is available, giving a leg up to economically disadvantaged students of all races, a disproportionate share of whom are people of color. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. wrestled with the question of what steps should be taken to remedy America's history in this, in his 1964 book, why we can't wait his elegant solution Rather than arguing for or against the Bill of Rights for the Negro, he advocated a Bill of Rights for the disadvantaged of all races. This approach has broad appeal with the American public. The 2016 Gallup poll found that while 63% of Americans oppose colleges using race as a factor in admissions, 61% favor considerations of family economic circumstances. The notion that the poor of all races have a special claim is a fundamental tenet of one of the most of the most of most of the world's great religions. This is consistent with social science research, which finds that today being economically disadvantaged in America poses seven times as large an obstacle to high student achievement as does race. Sounds, so that, kind, sounds kind of socialist to me. But yeah, right, right, right. And, and I think that kind of makes sense, right? That, that, at least to me, that kind of makes sense. That I feel, you know, America is an increasingly complicated, more complicated society. It's far more complicated than it was back in 1964. Right. I mean, the demographics have shifted immensely. Um, you also have, um, you know, like take like Nigerian students, right? Nigerians in America, one of the most successful uh, minority groups in America by, by far. Um, a lot of their attainment outstrips most other minority groups, including white people as well. Um, and often they come from middle class backgrounds. And uh, I don't, it doesn't seem to me that they would, why would you? Why should they get benefit from affirmative action? Um, that doesn't seem to make any sense to me, uh, you know, because purely because of based on their skin color, that doesn't make any sense. It seems to me that you'd be better off basing it on, yeah, like socioeconomic background. Well, right? the like, thing that bothers me about this is that uh, as Republicans, it, it, it won't stop there, right? So it'll be two different things. One, they'll find... They'll, they'll keep pushing 
with colleges, right? It won't stop with affirmative action. It'll find like if they start doing it by social economic, they'll start going after that and be like, oh, well, that's not fair to rich people somehow. It'll always be some other thing where rich white guys are somehow the victim, right? Because that's like, I mean, that's their entire thing in life is that they're the victims and they're being persecuted, blah, 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 right? Anything that gives someone besides a rich white man any kind of uh, leg up is considered an, an assault or oppression. And they're going to go after that. And they're already talking about how they're going to use this decision to go after... Um, the DEI programs in corporate America, you know, the diversity, equity, and inclusion, they're going to go after that in corporations because, you know, that's that's terrible. We don't want diversity. They don't want equity. They don't want inclusion in corporations. And then they'll use that to go after the environmental programs that they have in corporations. It's just, it's just always, it, everything they do, it's always just the next step to the next thing they're going to take away or you know, abuse the power of government into, you know, their whole free market, blah, blah, blah. They're just going to use the next, to use it as the next step to make the market align with their, with their values. And their values are white nationalism and white supremacy and anti-women. And it's just going to go on and on and on. So, you know, I, I get it. There's a much more nuanced conversation to have about affirmative action, but they don't do nuance in any way, shape or form. And Everything they do is just another step in their march towards just horrible, horrible outcomes because they don't care yeah, about I, any of that. I, I I broadly agree with what you're saying there. I really do. I think that, um, you know, for example, the ruling, the other Supreme Court ruling, I totally forgot about this. There's been so many of them. The one about the uh, allowing businesses to discriminate against um, gay people or LGBTQ people. So this seems to be completely contradictory, right? On the one hand, you're telling private institutions that they can't discriminate. They can't use positive discrimination when it comes to um, uh, accepting people to university, to their colleges. But you can then discriminate. Other private companies can discriminate negatively against, <laughs> against minorities or, or gay people. Um, so it doesn't seem, that doesn't seem to make any sense at all, right? I don't, I don't get how you can rule that... Uh, businesses are entitled to discriminate against gay people, but Harvard is not allowed to uh, allow more black and Latino students in. I right. Don't, I don't, that, that's what I don't understand. Um, yeah. One day based on the equal opportunity, the other one based on the First Amendment, it's just like you're just picking and choosing which one is more convenient for your political ideology. Yeah, that's I mean, at least they're doing. At, at, least be, at least be consistent, right? And I think that you know, a lot of this stuff is I have my issues with, again, like the affirmative action thing. I, I have my issues with the, the way that the left um, talks about race in America. Uh, I think that it's m far more nuanced than they are making it out to be. Right. Like, for example, like diversity, equity and inclusion. One of the issues I have with that, for example, um, is that Jews are not included in that. Right, so that would be that would be one one cr critique of the of the left wing. Well, that's because we're white, except when we're conveniently not. Yes, yeah, ex exactly. <laughs> right. So, but but then that that ties into the whole, you know, when you like good minority, bad minority, or uh, deserving minority and non-deserving minority, which right. I think is a, that's a blind spot on the left, right? That I think that you know affirmative action has not benefited Asians. In fact, it, it has worked against them like significantly. 
And I think that that is a blind spot that a lot of people on the left don't want to acknowledge, um, and as as they don't want to acknowledge what you know with with Jews, right? That Jews are a, a minority, that they are persecuted, um, and that they have suffered uh, historically more than you know more than almost anybody else. But that's obviously because of the whole you know weirdly it's based on skin color which is what i thought the right was obsessed with uh, <laughs> so but anyway i mean those are more you know obviously those are more uh, more kind of difficult and more nuanced topics to, to to go into but it does seem that the supreme court um is you know it's like a ha- they're using a hammer right everything everything's a nail so you know uh they are apply essentially applying they're using force they're using um politic they're politicizing the court uh and as you we talked about earlier making decisions primarily based on power some are based on precedent some are based on actual sound legal theory but a lot of this stuff is just based on the hey we're conservative and we can ram this through so we're going to do it bob um, bob posted on um twitter that they're going to go after brown uh versus board education yet and it's like i wouldn't be surprised i absolutely wouldn't be surprised knock down down roe versus wade i mean who thought that was going to happen right did i i did not i i did not think that they would go after roe versus wade i genuinely didn't think that that was going to happen i didn't think that they could be that crazy but they they were well so, next, next year's going to be fun we're, we're going to yeah. see now yeah. the, the only the only the only ray of light that we have is that two of the justices are in their 70s which means they're going to die sometime in the next 10 or 15 years, and that gives us a chance to replace them and tip the court from 6 to 3 to 5 to 4. So we just have to hold on to the White House for the next three elections. That should be easy enough. <sighs> yeah, and I mean, look, right, It's it, I think that on the left – you um you you need to be we need to be strategic about this right and they you also need to be take what you can get i feel like you know when biden was elected in 2020 uh, i couldn't i was amazed that people were like this is terrible because we're going to lose the senate we're going to lose the house um this is awful it's like listen there's a fire in the white house like a like a genuine fire as in like the white house is about to burn down if this maniac is left in there i'm talking about trump obviously this maniac is left in the white house the country is going to fall apart i get it that we uh, you know the democrats are going to lose the house and they and they may lose the senate they ended up not they ended up it, it was fine right <laughs> everything worked out uh, great um but people were were freaked out about this and uh, um, I remember telling lots of friends, I'm like, listen, just get what we can get. As long as you get this guy out of the White House, like this is a this is a win, right? Yeah, there's uh, a chance. And, yeah, and 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 right now, and right now, the Democrats hold the Senate and they have the White House, right? And yes, the Supreme Court is stacked in favor of the Conservatives. This is bad. This is bad. Uh, Republicans have a very slim majority in the House, so. Listen, it's all. This is a, this is a long war, a long battle, and um, they're not won. These things are not won overnight. Uh, these things take time, and I think that you know, just we need to have patience and 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 realize that you're not going to get everything you want all the time. And I know these Supreme Court decisions are bad, but it's not the end of democracy. The end of democracy would have been Trump being reelected in 2020. That would have that would have been the end of democracy. 
right? Yes, Granted, sure. he might win again. He might win in 2024, right? We've got that to worry about. Uh, but I see that as being the primary. That, for me, keeping um, Trump out of the White House, this is the, this is the only battle that we really have. Yeah, right. Trump, this, Trump next year, DeSantis in 2028. Yeah, right. Th- this is what we need to be mostly worried about. Your Supreme Court decision stuff is terrible, but right now there's not much you can do about it. There really isn't, right? That, like, like you oh, said, yeah. it's, you know, t- we've got about 10 years, probably 10 more years of this nonsense. Uh, you never know. You could get lucky. I know. Two of, two of them could just fall down a manhole cover. Yeah, or, you they, know, they can yeah. get caught with a dead hooker. I mean, they're so corrupt. It's like, you know, sooner or later, something's going to come out. This like it, it, something's got to break the camel's back. There's got to be a straw where it's just like you're so corrupt. You cannot be on the Supreme Court anymore. You have to leave. But, yeah, you know, we'll see. Yeah. But look, anyway, let's uh, let's move on. We have um... <laughs> the tr- this is my favorite. Somehow not the top story of the week. I know. I thought we were going to spend most of the time talking about this. This is the Bedminster Golf Club tape, right? This is, this is okay. I'm going to read this from The Guardian, okay? Donald Trump repeatedly talked about a document on Iran that he described as having come from the Defense Department in an audio recording from July 2021 that cast doubt on his recent assertions that the material he was referring to was a stack of printed news clippings. The actual audio of the recording, played publicly for the first time by CNN and obtained by The Guardian, reveals the full extent of Trump's discussion uh, that was only partially included in the indictment and could make for a compelling presentation if deemed admissible at trial. The tape also included passages where Trump acknowledged that he could not declassify materials because he was no longer president. (laughs) Right? In terms of like, how bad is this? This is bad. <laughs> oh my god, it's so bad. This is this is this is really bad. Uh, I'm going to play uh, a, a short excerpt of uh, of this uh, of the audio, so you can listen for your you can hear for yourself. These are bad, sick people. That, but, was, that was your coup, you know, against you. That's well, it started right at the like beginning. when Millie's talking about, oh, you were going to try to do a coup. No, they, they were trying right. to do that before you even were sworn in. That's right. Trying yeah. to overthrow yeah. your election. Well, with Millie, uh, let me see that. I'll, I'll show you an example. He said that I wanted to attack Iran. Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look. This was him. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. Wow. We looked at some. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. It's pages long. Look. Mm. Wait a minute. Let's see here. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. I just found, isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case, you know. Mm-hmm. Except it is like highly confidential, yeah. <laughs> secret. This is secret information. But look, look at this. You attack, and Hillary would print that out all the time. You know, <laughs> private email. No, she'd send it to yeah. Anthony Weiner, yeah, yeah. the pervert. Um, by the way, isn't that incredible? Though? Yeah. I was just saying because we were talking about it, and you know, he said he wanted to attack Iran and what. He's in the papers. Oh, this was done by the military, given to me. Uh, I think we can 
probably right. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to try to figure out a, a yeah. See, as president, I could have deed less yeah. about it. Now I can't, you know, but this is Yeah, now, now we have a problem. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's so yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, it's so, I'm, look, we here and I have, and you probably almost didn't believe me, but now you believe me. No, it's, I believe It's you. incredible, right? No. Hey, bring some, uh, bring some Cokes in, please. I mean, he's, he's so stupid. He, and I mean, they were totally wins my case. This totally wins my case. I love him when he says totally wins my case. Little did he know when saying that he was incriminating himself and, and almost this is the stuff of this is the stuff of a prosecutor's wet dreams. Right. I mean, this is this is it's like an orgy of ed- evidence. It's like, oh my god, really? Are you serious? Really? Does a tape? Does oh my god. They they must have been listening to this tape and just like been like, yes, and just been high fiving each other. I mean, it's like that's it. We got him. So it's like, I mean, it's unbelievable. Right. I mean, look, I don't want to get too happy about this. As, as our, uh, our Earth World colleague, Bob Sersko, uh, always says, don't get happy. I did speak to a judge recently. Um, <laughs> a judge I know in, in my neighborhood. And I asked him about the case. I'm like, listen, what are the chances of a prosecution here? And he said, he, granted, he's not a criminal He's not a criminal judge. He's not a criminal lawyer. But he said, look, um, if it were anywhere else other than Florida, uh, I would say this is a slam dunk case. But you're in Florida. You've got to remember where you are. Um, and I was like, look, there are like 31 counts that he's being held. Is it 31? I can't even remember uh, how many counts. 37. 37, rather. There we go. 37. I think six of them are slightly... I forget. There's a difference, right, between those two two different charges. Um, anyway, regardless, there are lots of them. Um, so I would say, like, look, he, he's going to get off on all of them, and and he said probably not. So he would. He he's almost certainly on some of them. He's going to get indicted for. He's going to get done for. But does that mean that that he's going to go to jail? Not necessarily. Well, he's also got the ones uh, he, they're going to have a whole bunch more up in New Jersey, right? Because this, this stuff happened at Bedminster. Yes. That's up yes. in New Jersey. So they're going to hit him up with New Jersey. So he's got to deal with a bunch of that. Well, that's, yes. I think that that's what Jack Smith is like. He's pretty clever, this guy. I think Jack Smith is, has planned for this. So they are going to, that's, you know. Yeah, don't that, have all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. 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 He, he I think they plan for this. Um, the prosecution plan for this. So th- that's a good sign. That's a very, very good sign. But New Jersey is not exactly like a liberal haven. You know, it's not, uh, uh, it's not. Uh, well, it's not, it's not deep bad. red either. I mean, yeah, New Jersey keeps voting. They get, they vote blue pretty much consistently, except, you know, for the governor. But, yeah. um, so, so Bedminster, I don't know. I'm not sure. If you get a local jury there, who knows, right? Like, so anyway, but I think that he wasn't, he, he was confident, but, cautious anyway the, my friend he was he was like listen i've seen crazy stuff so i'm hoping well, i'm hoping that this is enough to well I mean, Trump's literally certainly saying, worried <laughs> yeah i mean he's he's saying on tape like the prosecution's argument like he's spelling it out for them like i could have yeah. de- i i could have declassified it but i can't now well, Bob's article breaks it down brilliantly. It's just like, wh- what was the name of his article? The 10 most damning lines from Trump's Bedminster tape. It's like the perfect listicle of how Trump indicted himself. It's like, come on. It's just perfect. 
He just yeah. he just spells it all out. It's like how, how many different ways can Trump put himself in jail with this one tape? It's amazing. Right. Yeah, and I think that you know I don't know like how is this not the biggest story of the week? I I still amazed that this is oh you know Trump admitted confessed to all the crimes on tape and this is like that was like Tuesday. Right? <laughs> and he is panicking because he keeps changing his story, and that's always a sign that Trump is freaking out. And he keeps going on television incriminating himself further. Right, and that's another sign that he's freaking out. Because he keeps changing yeah. his story, he keeps getting in front of the cameras and like jumping up and down. Because his whole thing is, if I keep demanding that I didn't do anything wrong, and I keep saying it's a, it's not really a crime, and what I did isn't really a crime, then people will start to believe it's not really. If you say it loud enough and long enough that what I did wasn't a crime, and it's you know what I you know it's not it's not a real crime, and I did this, but it's not really a crime, then they'll stop believing it's an actual crime because he's done that before. Yeah, he, he's done that more than once. He just keeps getting in front of the camera and talking about how he's not really a criminal because what he did wasn't a crime. Oh, I did that, but it's not a crime. And I don't think that's going to work this time. Yeah, one hopes not. I mean, you saw the Brett Byer interview, Brett Bear interview on Fox News. I mean, that was a, what a it was a train wreck of an interview. I don't understand why his legal team are allowing him to do these things. Well, it was um, Fox News, so I mean, he was probably a, a, a figure he was going to be softball, and he was going to, like, you know, they were going to help him out. Wasn't. It wasn't, and Fox News, like, interestingly, post um, was it what was it Dominion post Dominion lawsuit, uh, Fox is being kind of careful about this stuff now. They're being really, really, really careful about uh, about what they say on air now. Right, it's it, there's a market, there's a sort of. I, mean, I don't know if you've noticed. I don't watch Fox News that much. They really don't. <laughs> um, but they're not like the crazy stuff, the crazy conspiracy theory stuff. They are starting to kind of clamp down on that uh, because obviously it leaves them open to serious legal re repercussions. When you've paid how many million? Was it seven hundred and eighty-six million dollars or something? Yeah. Or, yeah. When, when you've got to pay out over half a billion dollars for, uh, you know putting conspiracy theories on your network um that you can bet they're going to be careful about this going forward uh so anyway like i, I was kind of impressed with the buyer interview i thought that was kind of like he got absolutely exposed as a complete fraud yeah he actually um, he actually was a journalist for once yeah amazingly um but so yeah there you go trump's incriminated himself happy days i think this is uh this can only be good for the prosecution this this ups his chances of going to jail if they've got this and they've got more there was there wasn't there news this i don't know these are rumors right that rudy giuliani may have flipped as well um yeah he's he's apparently given up information but probably not on trump but if they keep pressuring him i can't imagine he's not going to give up trump to keep try to save his own ass like i don't see rudy uh, giuliani falling on his sword for trump yeah, maybe. I mean, he's not going to go to jail for Trump. I just he not at his age because going to jail at his age is a death sentence. Yes. He'll be in jail for the rest of his life, and I don't see him doing it. Yes, yes, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, I think as a watch this space, I wouldn't put it. I would think that he would. He would. Yeah, he would flip. Like this. This is the thing about Trump. Trump attracts rats, right? <laughs> exactly. He's, he is a rat. He attracts rats, and rats flip on each other. So. I don't, I don't, you know, if Rudy Giuliani is your main guy, you've got some problems. <laughs> oh, so look, Wait, I'm so sad. <laughs> is that you? Uh, is that a tear I can hear dropping on your keyboard, Justin? Just, just one tiny one. Hold one on. tiny tear. Wait, there Sorry. it goes. Bloop. <laughs> Let's move on. We're going to move on to both sides. Uh, this week, both sides. 
I have a good friend of the podcast, Jordan Peterson. Oh, Jesus. Um, Jordan Peterson, our both side segment for all of you uh, new to the podcast, our both side segment is where we look at egregious examples of right wing douchebaggery um, to explain, to show, to highlight the fact that both sides are not the same, that the right and the left are very dissimilar and you cannot compare the two. Uh, Jordan Peterson, who was actually, you know, more of a sort of centre right, I would say, uh, five or six years ago, he was, you know, slightly more sane. Now he's a firebrand alt right maniac who spends. He's now doing Twitter poetry, which is fucking oh, weird. It's the very grift, the weird. grift is strong with him. It's very strange. Like he's he's taken to writing weird, angry poetry on Twitter. Um, and uh, anyway, so uh, he tweeted this out. Uh, and it was it was so offensive that his own daughter called him out on Twitter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he Peterson retweeted some nut job conservative woman um, who tweet, she said outside of reproduction society would function fine without women. So uh, Jordan Peterson retweets this uh, with a line saying, "But who would keep the decorative pillow manufacturers in business?" <sighs> And his daughter said, your business would definitely take a hit, Dad. This is a resentful woman who hates other women, tells them they're useless after 35 and continues to propagate red-pilled lies. Just because the left is crazy doesn't mean people like this aren't. Ouch. So Jordan Peterson's daughter is a bit of a nut job too. Um, Apparently. Yeah. She, she, so for her to call out her own father on Twitter over this is, uh, I think, that, that was you know well done her. But this is how offensive this guy is now, right? He's just basically mocking women over a certain age um, who, you know, don't have kids, can't have kids, or chose not to have kids, and saying, oh, well, their only role in life is to make decorative pillows. You know, that's what women, no childless women do, right? How offensive is this guy? Well, he knows his audience. His audience is angry young men who see women as the enemy. Yeah. That's yeah, his audience, so he that's who he's pandering to. Yeah, I just find this kind of stuff so repellent. And you see this just so on the right, it's it, it there's there's so much of this stuff. Uh, it's everywhere. This just now totally normalized, disgusting misogyny, um, ageist uh, misogyny directed at women. Like who what's who it's none of his business. If you're a woman who doesn't want kids or can't have kids, none of your business, Mr. Peterson. Literally none of your business. Shut up. I wish this guy, seriously, like, like, I can't, Jordan Peterson is, I think the guy's having like a mental health crisis online where he's now just, you know, he's like a very angry sort of fundamentalist Christian. That's his brand now, is angry fundamentalist Christian. Oh, good um, Lord. Yeah, Can't so that, that that there you go. That's that's my that's my uh, example for both sides. Yours is um your 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 example is it's a, it's a little bit worse than mine. Um, yeah, we, we have a follow up from uh, last week's uh, yeah. both sides. Last week we had Moms for Liberty, who had posted on their uh, inaugural newsletter a quote from Hitler: "He alone who owns the youth gains the future." And you know they went, "Oh my goodness, we're so sorry." Blah blah blah. But we had mentioned that. The Republicans love quoting Hitler, and um, then they just went ahead and did it again. Um, do you want to play the audio? Yep, here we go. 
Wholly agree with that. Basically, this is an evangelistic movement on the left, and that's what's happening. It's indoctrination. I mean, they are proselytizing to the next generation. And what we're discovering as parents and conservatives is, wait a second, education really is evangelism. So if you don't control education, you cannot control the future. And, and, and Stalin knew that. Mao knew that. Right? Hitler knew that. We have to get that back for conservative values. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so, so if you're saying that this is liber- sorry, this is Liberty University's Ryan Helfenbein at the Faith and Freedom Coalition. Just to uh, yes. So if you <laughs> if you want to compare your movement, your conservative movement, to three of the worst mass murdering genocidal lunatics of the 20th century, you're doing something wrong. You are, I mean, that's what he's doing. It's like they, they understood that if you don't control education, you cannot control the future. And we have to get back to that for conservative values. It's like, what are you doing? Why? How? These are not role models. These are not role models for you. But if they're your role models, there's something deeply, deeply broken in your soul, if you had one, in your brain and your entire movement. They cannot stop doing this they even when they know it it's like oh man if i if i start doing that hitler quote thing again people are gonna come at me nah it's good it's good i just love it so much it's so it's so perfect i love hitler i just got to do it they just can't stop i mean wow yeah i mean they're saying it out loud now i guess i guess i mean this is why we do the both sides segment the both sides segment is here because uh, a lot of this stuff i you know you can't believe you can't at least you can't believe what they're saying you have to see it or hear it, yeah. You know, and it doesn't matter how what you think about Democrats well, and how much you hate Biden. There's nothing, nothing like this. that. I mean, look, I've got to say, it does make that one does make Jordan Peterson look like a liberal. Um, <laughs> At least he only hates women, but <laughs> right, 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 right. He's not praising praising genocidal dictators. Well, uh, not yet, anyway. Give another yet. few years. Not yet, but listen, we have. That is the sound. That is the sound for the emergency meeting. Emergency meeting. Emergency meeting. So, what is the emergency meeting this week? This week, we're talking about July 4th, Independence Day, patriotism, being a Brit in America, uh, being an America, being an American in America. <laughs> at, a, there you go, at a time, at a, at a time where fascism is rising. So, we're going to be talking about that. Uh, like we have lots to say about this with lots to say this should be an interesting topic so please come and join us in the emergency meeting podcast um you can listen to the emergency meeting podcast by becoming a banter member you can get 50 percent off a banter membership that gives you access to absolutely everything that we do including um members only articles exclusive chat threads uh so come and join us there where Josh and i are going to be discussing um we have some thoughts particularly as it pertains to uh january 6th which was a pivotal moment for i think both of us in many ways um, oh yeah definitely yeah, in 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 our thoughts and feelings towards this country um so we're going to be discussing that in the emergency meeting podcast don't forget to follow us on itunes and on spotify you can subscribe there Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the newsletter and uh, we will see you next week. Adios.